cash-based practice owners interview series where I, Dr. Morgan Meese, PT, am interviewing different clinicians across the country who practice in a variety of ways, but all outside of being in network with insurance. The world of entrepreneurship and business for healthcare professionals is full of knowledge, creativity, and amazing people just like you who wanted something different. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganbeast.com. I would love to speak with you. So please join me as I interview our guest today. Today's guest is Javier Carlin. Javier is a physical therapist and healthcare entrepreneur. Javier is a partner in an outpatient physical therapy practice and has a strong passion for helping healthcare professionals start their first or second successful business, even if they don't have a service or product to sell. He is on a mission to help 1,000 healthcare professionals achieve clinical freedom to treat who they want, how they want, and when they want without anyone looking over their shoulder or holding them back. have the honor of having Mr. Javier here today. So thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. Um, Javier and I have gone back now in our friendship at least a month. Um, <laughs> we have been talking about a ton of stuff related to business. Um, and like I was just telling you before, like you just really make me smile with all the good stuff that you're putting out there into the world. So I'm really happy that you're here. Um, oh, thank and you. I know yeah, and I know a lot of people will be, you know, really happy to hear all all the cool stuff that you know um, to help them in their businesses and their practices. Yeah, so, anyway, I can help. Yeah, um, so we are going to go ahead and get started with kind of like some background info. So if you don't mind sharing with us where you came from and what got you to this point, um, all the good stuff, and let us know a little bit more about you. Yeah, definitely. So uh, again, thank you so much, Morgan, for having me. Uh, it really is an honor to be here. Uh, you've been doing some amazing stuff, and uh, I'm I'm super excited to get my hands on that mini course. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even playing around. I really I really want that. <laughs> it's always good to refresh from a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, and you should all be excited about it too. Um, so so uh, a little bit about me. So I um, let's see where do I even start. So I don't want to go too far back, uh, but. <laughs> Basically, um, so I'm a physical therapist. I've been a physical therapist now for three years. I graduated back in August of 2017. Um, and a little bit before, like backtracking a little bit more, um, you know, I never really wanted to go into business ownership or entrepreneurship. It's something that I, I wasn't directly, but I think subconsciously I knew I did not want to do um, because my my parents growing up, they had, they had a business uh, and they had it uh, and it actually... It, they built it rather quickly uh, to the point that where they were making, it was a dry cleaning business uh, where they opened up a second location. I think it was a couple of years after the first one, uh, they were bringing in about $100,000 per year. I mean, sorry, $100,000 per month, not per year, per month. Uh, yeah, it was it was booming. But <laughs> but being that you know they didn't have a lot of education on the financial side of things and they didn't really understand how money worked, um, when the recession hit early on in the early 2000s, um, they they lost everything and they were splurging, right? They didn't know how to manage their finances. They were spending a lot of money instead of investing it. Uh, and and they bought, you know, caught nice cars, a nice house. They bought me a dirt bike, all this, you know, cool stuff, which is at the time I was like, this is awesome. Uh, but obviously <laughs> uh, it wasn't because they lost it all. And they, they in a way got lucky 
Um, and they didn't really have the business skills, uh, enough of the, of the business skills and know how to evolve and adapt and be able to sustain their, their business. So uh, because of that, they got they ended up getting divorced um, and because of the finances. And that's like the number one reason for divorce. Uh, right. So they they lost everything. I was torn apart, like, you know, get, having to get rid of that dirt bike and everything else. It, it just it was a bad time. Uh, and I think that really stuck with me because I always attributed like, you know, having a successful business uh, or having a business at all to not being able to have uh, a great family life too. Right. And that was a big thing for me because our family was so close, but like both sides. Uh, and when that happened, I was like, well, that's definitely not something that I want to happen to me and my future family. So I always had that in the back of my mind. So now kind of go uh, fast forwarding back to me going into PT school, right. It's, it's a stable, stable, secure job, right? Top 10 uh, in demand in the country, you know, a decent salary or high salary in our eyes, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, just a great over, overall, you know, profession to be in. You help people, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like something I'd love to do. So I got into it, right? Uh, first year was awesome, you know, head in the books. It was great meeting new people. Um, my first clinical internship, that's when I was like, whoa, 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 like what's going on here? Right. I started to see my my CI number one wasn't a very nice person, but I started to hear a lot of talk about um, uh, how people were frustrated in the profession, how they were feeling burnt out, how, how they were taking their their work home with them. And they weren't able to have a lot of energy and spend a lot of time with their family. So it was the first clinical internship. So I was like, you know what? It can't all be this bad. And sure enough, it happened not one more time, but two more times. My fourth clinical internship was finally a good one. <laughs> uh, but but I, that kind of stuck in the back of my mind. It's like the very thing that I was trying to avoid by, by not going into entrepreneurship, not going into business was happening to these uh, physical therapists and PTAs that I was working with as well. And that's when my gear started turning. And I was like, oh, God, well, you know, I definitely don't want that to happen to me either. Like, what can I do differently or what do I have to do differently? And that's when I started uh, searching for answers, right? Like many of you that are in this group, like something in your life right now is just not might not be sitting right, or you, you want something more, right? If you're currently in a job, if you're uh, in a corporate setting, if you're sick of dealing with insurance companies, like there's something that uh, that you're trying to get get away from. And and whatever that is, it's it's probably very similar for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think for me, it was, it was I had to take the next step. Is, and and the, the way I started doing that was by listening to podcasts, right? Listening to interviews like this. I started listening to people who were doing things a little bit differently. And I remember my, my first mentor, I was listening to one of his podcasts. And in the podcast, he said, um, uh, don't follow the herd for they will lead you straight to the slaughterhouse. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that's a, a bit aggressive. But at the same time, I was like, damn, like he's right. You know, if you do what everyone else is doing, you're going to get what everyone else is getting. So uh, at that point, that kind of like a light bulb went off. It's like, OK, I, I have to do something different. So I started to search for people who were doing things that I wanted to do or actually who who had the things that I wanted in life. Right. Uh, and this guy had the business, the successful businesses, and he had a great family life. And I, I know that because I started doing more research on him. <laughs> right. And I started to listen to more people who had these things. And I started to realize that my past experience was not what. Uh, what it had to be like for everyone else going into business. And uh, that's when I decided to start investing in myself, learning about business marketing, because obviously we didn't get any of that in school. Um, and uh, ever since that point, that's basically what got me on this trajectory. 
uh, where I opened up a cash-based practice about three months out of school. I was still working full-time, but I had that on this. I was just hustling, you know, trying to make as much money as I could and helping, helping people. So I did that um, right out of school um, and then kind of fast-forwarding. So I did that for about nine months. I was seeing six to, six to nine patients, uh, uh, patient visits a week, which, you know, as a side income was really awesome. Uh, I wasn't charging nearly as enough as, as I should have been. It was like $100 a session, um, but it was, it was still good, right? It, was, it wasn't bad. Uh, so I did that for about nine months. I got offered a business residency uh, up in Tampa Bay to work uh, with my mentor. Uh, the plan was to go back to Miami and then open up my own private practice there. They offered me uh, to partner up with them 50-50 um, and I couldn't pass up that offer. So uh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I try to condense that as much as possible. Yeah. I <laughs> But <laughs> no, that's awesome. That was, yeah. you know, a really good history and, you know, some good lessons too. like pointing out a lot of the things that I think when, like we first leave school, you know, you feel that things are like not right, you know, or on your clinicals, you're like, I don't really like this, um, you know, and you feel like you're alone and you can't really talk about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, as you and I know, with our like vast network of people we talk to, and then, you know, you guys here in the group too, I mean, there's 407 of us the last time I checked, like there are a ton of people out there who feel the same way and it's totally okay to make the jump and do something different. So yeah, I like, I like all of that. Awesome. Cool. So you are, so tell us a little bit more about like your present day. You know, I know, you know, I've talked about it a little bit, but if you don't mm -hmm. mind reminding me, um, tell us about like your clinic and then how you are helping other therapists as well. Yeah, for sure. So basically the, the clinic, um, and I had trouble with this initially cause I, I was going from a place where I was at my full time, my first uh, job out of school, um, which is an interesting story even then because I started learn, learning the business and marketing stuff even before that fourth internship. And during mm -hmm. that fourth internship, I convinced the, the owner uh, to help me grow their business half of the time that I was there as a student. So I was actually learning the skills and I was implementing them for someone mm -hmm. else's business. And that's actually why they ended up hiring me. But, um, but it was interesting because the cash-based you know, work that I was doing on my own, I was like, man, this is really nice, right? Number one, getting paid cash, not having to deal with insurance. Uh, mm -hmm. And... And number two, um, it's just it's just easier overall, and it was nice to do that to have that one on one time with the, with the client. So uh, when I came up for the business residency, it was a little bit of a I was I had to I I had to kind of go through the process on my, like and and really understand how it all was going to work because uh, where I'm at now with the private practice and building this clinic up um, and and getting it to the point where we have uh, it is insurance based. There was a bit of a bit of friction mentally first. Um, but I started to realize that um, with a system in place, uh, a good a good enough framework, and always making sure that the that first and foremost you have the patient's uh, health in mind, you can still make it work, right? Are there still things that frustrate me like crazy? Absolutely. Um, but there are ways to make it work, and it is in a sense easier to scale over time. Uh, just a few things, a, a few things uh, that are pros to it. Right. And obviously you can help a larger number of people uh, that you otherwise might have more, more of a challenge converting, et cetera, et cetera. But there's pros and cons to everything. Right. So, mm -hmm. so basically that's where we're at now. Um, in the first eight, less than eight months, uh, I grew it to 80 visits um, uh, per week on my own. And then um, since then it's been, it's been pretty steady, obviously with 
the pandemic and coronavirus took a took a dip, um, but it's it's you know pretty quickly climbing back up there. So basically, that's where we're at now. We have great uh, systems that uh, we take our patients through, and they all they get results. So it's it definitely a setting where uh, we're able to. The way we have it set up is uh, physical therapists, uh, PTAs that we uh, treat as PTs. The only thing that they can do is do evals, right? Everything else, because we have a, a specific system and framework. Um, they're able to do and do really well. So um, so it really gives us the opportunity to kind of step out and manage more of the business side of things, uh, which I know for many people who just started off, I'd be like, well, I don't really want that. Like, I just want to treat patients and and that's totally fine. But at some point, um, you might want to go to the next level of business ownership as opposed to being you know, self-employed, uh, which again, it's better than being employed, <laughs> being an employee, um, but there are different levels to it depending on where you're at and what you want, right? So that's basically where we're at now. Uh, have a receptionist. Uh, PTA was about to hire another PTA before COVID hit. So now we're getting back to that point where I'm bringing someone else uh, onto the team, hopefully in the next couple of months. So uh, I'm not sure that if that was your question, but that's where we're at now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. And yeah, I think sure. like that's really important to point out is that, you know, you were somebody who started off as like solo cash based and like it's something that's completely and totally doable, you know, if, if what you want, which is something that we do have to know, you know, there are all kinds of different business models. If you just want to be able to support yourself, you can fly solo for a long time for like as long as you want, you know, and oh, yeah. just hang out there at that level. Um, you know, but I think that sometimes, you know, from things that I've seen uh, on this lovely Facebook and everything is there's like a little bit of friction even between like opinions of being in network, out of network, cash based, mm -hmm. like how you should be doing things. And like the important thing to note is that they're all just different options and you can go from one to the next, back to the first one, over to in-network. Mm -hmm. You can do it at whatever you want to do and what's going to serve you, your business, you know, your dreams and goals, and then also your patient population. So, you know, there's not one right way necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of just whatever, whatever your vision is and moving Absolutely. on from there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so let's see. So we started cash base. Can you tell us a little bit more mm -hmm. about like you starting out three months out of school and doing yeah. your own thing? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I mean, at the end of the day, what I what I quickly realized was, well, I'm basically getting patients for uh, the, the clinic that I was working uh, with, which was it was I love I, I actually enjoy it was also insurance based. Um, but I just love the population of people that I was working with. Um, obviously, I had a lot of, uh, I was literally working like 25 hours a week, maybe 20 to 25 hours a week as a PT. And then uh, the rest of the time I was working on the business. So I was like, this is awesome. So I was networking, uh, building relationships with like Royal Caribbean, UPS. We did some work with them. Um, and I was just, you know, hosting workshops, uh, doing all these things to get people in through the doors. And uh, to be quite honest, like I love, I love that stuff. Like I, uh, I'm naturally an introvert, but when it comes to to like building a business now, which is crazy because of the story from before, but I actually I love doing that stuff. So at one point, I was like, well, I'm doing all this work for them, and I love being here, but um, I would definitely love to make some extra money. And I just kind of took matters uh, matters into my own hands, and I was like, I, I literally just got hired, so I'm not going to ask for a raise. So let me just go ahead and figure out how I can do this on my own, and. Um, it happened pretty quickly, to be quite honest. I just, uh, I did the same things that I was doing for them, uh, for myself. 
um, on my own time and it worked really well. So, um, uh, think I'm trying to think things that I was doing. So I was a personal trainer at the time as well. Um, worked in the restaurant industry for about seven years. Uh, after my third year PT school, I was like, no more, I'm done with this ish. So I started doing <laughs> personal training. So I did get some clients from that for sure. Uh, from some relationships that I had built from other personal trainers. Uh, I only did personal training for about a year before I graduated. Um, but that's, that's how it kind of got going. And then, um, I would do free injury screens at different gyms. Um, and I would just trying to get, uh, to talking to, uh, I'm not even gonna say as many people as possible because I was still working full time. Uh, and I was, I was comfortable with what I was doing on the side where I didn't, I didn't have to do a ton of marketing, uh, mm-hmm. like, like I'm doing now. Uh, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, And I know, like you said, you were still working full time, but doing Mm -hmm. this on the side, there are a lot of people here who are working full time um, and they're worried about starting their own thing on the side Mm -hmm. because they're employed full time. So can you tell us a little bit more about how like you had that conversation with your employer, if you did, um, and how you kind of made that work? Yeah, so it was more so... um, so, I mean, I, everyone's situation is obviously pretty different uh, depending on things that you've signed. Obviously, you always yeah. want to talk to an attorney and make sure that if you are going to decide to do it, um, I would always have an open and honest conversation. Uh, that's always the best way to go. It's it's letting them know like straight up, listen, like I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything that I can to either if it's a, if it's a, always thinking that in, like, in terms of like what's in it for them, right? What's in it for my employer? Like what is it that I can help them with? Um, where I say, and that's where you want to be, you know, you want to le- level yourself up and raise your standards in terms of what you can do to help other people, uh, even the people that you're working for. So figuring out what do they want, uh, letting them know from like, hey, listen, I'm going to do everything in my power to number one, make sure that our patients get quality care. Number two, what else do you need from me? Like, what else can I help you with? Right. And for me, it was it was being open and honest with them. It's like, listen, I know that um, I just started here, right? Or I know that it's hard for you to give me a raise, especially if you're working in an insurance-based clinic. It's based on like reimbursement with insurance companies many times, right? And if you know the numbers, you can kind of, you have more leverage, of course. I always recommend learning about the numbers and how that, how that all works. Uh, but uh, letting them know, listen, I know you can't pay me more, right? Even if they can, just saying that from the get-go. I know you can't pay me more. However, as you know, I, I do want to make more money. So what, what's going to happen is I'm going to go ahead and help you with anything that you need. Like I'll even, if you know, whatever you want to say, I'll even work a few extra hours. Like I'll, I'll help you get more clients through the doors. I just wanted to let you know and be open and honest with you that I am going to be seeing some patients on the side, but I'm not, it's not going to be like, I'm taking people from you. Uh, it's going to be closer to my home area, right? You have to kind of figure out how to take the conversation. And really, obviously you don't want to just make things, make things up. You want to be open and transparent with them. And I think they will appreciate that. Now, if they don't, and there's some resistance to that, then you have some choices to make, right? You can either hold off, <laughs> right? Uh, find another job that maybe isn't as strict or do some PRN work, not as strict. Um, I always recommend that if you're diving into, into business, like don't, unless you have money saved up and, and you're like, you know what, I, I'm good. Don't completely quit your job right before starting your business. Like make sure that your business is growing and then slowly start uh, lowering the hours. Uh, of your full-time job going, you know, from full-time to part-time, then from, you know, a little bit more than part-time and then dropping down a part-time over here and then kind of doing one of these, right? So I always recommend that for sure. Uh, but it's, it's really hard to answer that question for, for everyone because everyone's situation is yeah. a little bit different, but you kind of have to see, um, 
you know, where you're at and, and the type of conversation you have to have with someone. Um, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't hide anything from anyone. I, I yeah. think that, that always ends up, ends up, you know, going south and not ending up, ended up that well. So for me, it was, it was mostly that it's like, Hey, I know you can't pay me more. I need to make more money. Uh, this is what I'm going to do, but I can assure you that I'm going to help you grow your business uh, while mm -hmm. I grow mine on the side. And it's not going to affect, um, it's not going to affect, you know, what we're, what we're doing here and what we have. And it did it right. We, we, I ended up, I, the only reason why I left nine months later is because I had an opportunity here. Um, mm -hmm. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know like everybody does kind of have um, a different story, a different situation about mm -hmm. their workplace. Um, you know, but I've, I've had like comments here and there that like, there's no way that this is possible if you're working full time to do your own thing on the side. And like, well, some employers might feel that way. Um, uh -huh. But you know, like, you're not the first person I've talked to who like their employer is okay with them mm -hmm. doing something on the side, you know, as long as it's not affecting your work at your full-time job. Exactly. Um, you know, and like you said, as long as you're completely open and transparent about it, you know, I feel like most of the time it's going to be fine, you know? Um, yeah. So. And, yeah. For the, and for those times when it's not um, and mm -hmm. they get upset, that's probably not a place you're going to be wanting to work at long-term anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so you'll quickly find that out. Right. And that's yeah. a lot of, and I know a lot of us, you know, there's uh, and I talked about it yesterday, but like scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. I honestly believe that uh, we, we can't help everyone on this planet, obviously, because there's way too many people and we're just one person. Uh, and some people we don't want to really work with anyway. Right. So so I think there's a lot of that um, that we have to work through ourselves and also our employers do. So if we have that mindset, we have to understand where other people are coming from as well. And I think, you know, understanding where people are at and then. Um, kind of figuring out how to bridge that gap <laughs> like we do with our patients uh, is, is definitely the first step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then kind of talking a little bit more about like the cash pay aspect, mm -hmm. you know, we've already talked about kind of like your marketing tactics and how you did find patients doing stuff on your own. Mm -hmm. How did you handle the who's going to pay me cash for services? Mm -hmm. And how do you handle the like, do you take my insurance question? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so a lot of a lot of the conversations that I was having, and I said I wasn't charging too much. It was a hundred dollars per session. Uh, looking back at it, I mean, I was I was a new grad out of school, so I, I was fine with it. Um, but mm -hmm. you can definitely charge more than that. Um, I think a lot of a lot of um, where a lot a lot of the those conversations uh, where you have to have the conversations to close people onto your cash based services. Um, it, you want to provide a lot of value before the conversation even comes up. So I think there's a, there's a lot of, of that. Um, and the way that I find the, like, even what I'm with what I do now, which is I go to different gyms, I do workshops and I do injury screens. Like no one's really talking about insurance in those scenarios, in those, in those, uh, places. Right. So I go there, I do injury screens. I have conversations with people. Uh, it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes. They tell me what's going on. I figure out how long it's been going on for what else they've tried in the past. That's worked. That hasn't worked. And, um, I tell them, Hey, listen, based on what you've told me so far in the lot in the, you know, it's been 10 minutes. Um, but based on what you've told me, this is what I think might be going on. Um, and this is why it's happening. And I'll say the next step would be if, if you 
if you want to if you want to um, move forward and, and really get to the root of what's going on, we can set up a discovery visit, right? And that's maybe a 30 minute conversation, but now I'm slowly bringing them into my world and into the clinic. So once I get them in the discovery visit, what I typically do is it, it's typically scheduled either that week or the week after, but I recap everything that we, because people, I think we remember about 7% of what, of, of what we hear, right? Yeah. And it's and especially if we're bombarding our, our future patients with information, they're like, this is awesome. I have no idea what you just talked about, but I understand. <laughs> I get it. Like, yeah, I need help. <laughs> so, so I basically do the same thing at the discovery visit, a little bit more in depth and really focusing on their goals, right? What they need. And what I found is that when I do it that way, like very few people ask me about insurance or I'll let them know, hey, we do take insurance. Um, what we'll do is we'll give you a call right? We'll give you a call back. We'll take, we'll, we'll give you a call. We'll get your benefit. We'll get your insurance information um, and all that. And then once you come in, we'll go ahead and discuss um, what your benefits are and what options there are. Does that sound good? People are like, yeah, that sounds great. Will some people say, oh no, I really want to know what, what insurance. Yeah, some will. But when you've done all that, all that work up front, very few people will because they already, they've already started to build no, that no like, and trust with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is that people just don't know what else to ask. Right. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so so again, it's one of those things where there's a lot of a lot of different scenarios. But what I found is that when you do provide that value up front, when you have like the next logical step, um, you can avoid a lot of those. Do you take my insurance questions? And um, when I get when I get the and not avoid them, but kind of deflect them until the time comes where you've provided enough value. They see the value in what you can do for them because you've gotten mm -hmm. their goals. You've showed them a plan to get them to where they want to get to. And then you can go ahead and talk about the price. And when you do that, um, because the perceived value has increased in their eyes, because now they know what you even are going to do for them, then um, that resistance to, to cost is a lot less. So, so um, yeah, I, d does that make sense? I don't know if I, I, kinda, I knew I was kind of all over the place, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Be confident. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, you I are know, definitely but... coherent. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. All right. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I think that yeah. that is a really good way to go about things. Cause I think that that is mm -hmm. a question that, you know, a lot of us when we're first starting out and you yeah. know, we're opting to be out of network or cash base, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like scary, you know, to say like, Oh my God, like, yeah. what am I going to say? <laughs> they, yeah. You know, they ask about insurance, especially if like, some of us don't even really understand insurance to begin with, you know? Um, For sure. Which is like one of the reasons why I prefer not to use it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and like that's that's what I talk to my clients about. That's what I encourage other therapists to do is like mm -hmm. really, you know, interview, um, mm -hmm. you know, your potential client and see like if you guys would even be a good fit to work exactly. together. Exactly. Mm -hmm. you know? sure. And like if you're really able to fix their problem, you know, because like if somebody came to me with like a spinal cord injury and like wanted rehab for that, um, you know, myself being somebody who's very comfortable working with low complexity mm -hmm. athletes, that would probably not be like where I would yeah. want to start. And, you know, in that case, like insurance isn't even relevant. I'm like exactly. on online looking up somebody else to refer them to. Um, yeah. You know, and like I was just watching a video from Danny Matei today, too. And he recommended, you know, if you if somebody says, do you take my insurance? And you say no. And that's like mm -hmm. the first thing out of your mouth. Then it kind of sets this like negative tone for the conversation. Right. 
do. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Instead of like a little bit more of that abundance thing. Well, you know, let me see what I can do to help you. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like, kind of like deflecting the conversation a little bit where it's more like, Hey, um, yeah, I'd love to get, I'd love to answer that question for you. Uh, but before we do, let's even see if, if I can help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? like, exactly. like you said, like you said, and then you kind of deflect the conversation and ask them like, mm -hmm. tell me, tell me a little bit more about what's been going on. Right. And now the longer, especially when you're asking someone to pay cash up front, you know, whether it's $500, $1,000, $1,500,000, uh, sorry, $1,500, $1,500,000. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of money for PT. Uh, $1,500, $2,000, right? Like you, the more you have to spend more time with people in the beginning before they ever pay you. Right. Like we just talked about. And when you do that a lot, like we said, a lot of that resistance goes down. So make sure you slow the conversation down. And what will happen is that um, if someone says, well, that, that sounds, you know, like a lot of money or I can't afford that or it's too expensive. Um, it's like, I can get that somewhere else for cheaper. Well, you absolutely can, right. You can get it for cheaper. Uh, but in my experience, I've found that, um, you can't get something for really, really cheap and get it, you know, very high quality, um, uh, too. So if yeah. yeah, so you have to make a decision, like, do you want to go for the cheapest or do you want the best quality care? And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, I want the best quality care, of course. Great. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, there are little, you know, little tactics and things that you can do here, uh, here and there. But obviously, I think just caring about the person, letting them know what's in their best mm -hmm. interest, and just taking the time to listen to them, they're going to realize that when they go call, let's say the conversation goes a different direction, and they're like, "Well, I'm going to go ahead and search around for a place that does take my insurance." Right. It's like, hey, not a problem. What they're going to find is that they're not going to get the level of service that you were able to provide them. They, mm -hmm. The person that they called on the phone did not spend 15, 20 minutes listening to them, right? And automatically, they're going to they're gonna notice a difference. And whether they decide to call you back or not, they might even refer someone else to you, right? It's happened time and time again. So um, just, just a few other, you know, things to think about when you have that, that question come up, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like that is it's so key to remember that like we as people just want somebody to care about us and like you said listen to us that's like yep. all you want yeah. um you know as people in general but then especially when it comes to healthcare because like it's so uncommon to have a provider actually spend time with you um you know and like the people that i've worked with here where i live you know like patients are noticing you know, that PTs are only spending like five or 10 minutes with them. And mm -hmm. I've had multiple people tell me about those experiences, you know, and complain to me and be like, you know, I just, I brought, uh, my PT gave me a piece of paper with five exercises on it. And I brought it with me every time and did the same exercises every visit. And mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't work with me. And so that's their experience with physical therapy or OT or whatever it is. Um, you know, and then like they aren't really sure what else to do. Um, but so like now when we are able to offer these services that are super high quality, you know, the mm -hmm. people that I work right with right now, you know, they say like, you know, I pay you out of pocket because you pay attention to me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. Yes. It's so yeah. true. It's so, yeah. so true. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I had something and I lost it. So it's gone now, but it, maybe it might come back. But yes, everything that Morgan said, yes. <laughs> just, just keep your hand out like that and see if it comes back. Oh. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah yeah and like it just I I really think that you know over the next few years Mm -hmm. we're gonna see a lot more people just going into private practice whether it is cash out of network in network whatever there's gonna be a lot more private practice did you find it I found it yeah Yeah. (laughs) I found it no it was it was simply it was simply that's why one of the like most important questions you could ever ask anyone is have you had physical therapy before right mm-hmm. or have you or have what else have you tried um because if i don't ask that question and one of my selling points is something that they they perceive is the same thing that they have had before i've already lost them so yeah. so as simple as that question is it's so important because that's going to show you what they've experienced in the past and why they might not buy from you Right. Because if Mm -hmm. you sell physical therapy and they've gone through physical therapy, but they didn't get good quality care and that was exactly what they got. The, you know, the sheet of exercises where the PT spent five minutes with them and they didn't pay attention to them. They're going to think automatically that you're the same and Mm then they're no way in hell going to give you a thousand, fifteen hundred thousand, fifteen, (laughs) fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars for what they perceive as something that they could have gotten for a lot cheaper. And, you know, it's just not going to they're not going to do it. So um, super important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, that is like a huge key thing, you know, you guys who are listening, and this is why like you're hearing me, Javi, David Bailiff, Josh Payne, Paul Goff, Danny Mm -hmm. Matei talk about like, you can't sell physical therapy, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work. It just does not work anymore. For that one reason, you know, is that the person you're talking to has probably tried physical therapy, And like the reason that they're not better is because like they didn't have a good experience. And so like, that's what they associate with that. And so if you try to sell that term, it's not Mm going to work. And also nobody knows what it is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So no idea. (laughs) Take notes, you guys, like just don't sell PT, don't sell OT, don't sell speech, sell the solution to the problem and you'll have way better luck. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so in all, all of your years of entrepreneurship, Javi, um, what has been like your number one challenge and how did you get over that challenge? Um, number one challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it I sounds was- like it's just smooth sailing the whole time. It had, I don't think so. No, the thing is, it's hard for me. And I'm glad you say challenge because I'm a big believer in challenges and not failures. Because yeah. when someone asks me, like, tell me all about your failures. I'm like, I don't really see failures as failures. It's just an op- another opportunity to learn and grow and, and move forward. So uh, that's a good question. I would say the biggest challenge would be uh, when it comes to growing. Is it when it comes to growing the business or starting it off or? Um, um, well, most of us here are in like yeah. that zero to 12 month range. So yeah. something there. Yeah. So I think I I would say just just doing it. And I would say a lot of a lot of like a lot of the reasons why we're fearful about starting a business is because we don't understand it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we haven't and we haven't dove into it as like if, if as an example, right? We went to physical therapy school for three years, right? Some some two, some three. Um, and if you were to, if you, someone was to say, Hey, you're going to provide physical therapy services, uh, to a patient, um, literally on day zero of, of physical therapy school, you'd be freaking out. You'd be scared. You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't understand any of it. So you'd be like, no, no, no I'm not doing that. Right. It's the same thing with business. The cool thing about business is that, is that you don't have to take three years to learn it. 
right? And there are things that you can do to avoid the mistakes. And the best way to actually learn is by doing, right? So, so I would say is getting over that fear. Um, uh, there's a few ways to do it is by hiring someone, right? Hiring a mentor, hiring a coach to teach you what to do and what not to do. Um, and, and to teach you about business, right? That's going to help you a ton. Just like we hire, think about it this way. We, we hire our professors to teach us something so that we can go and do it, right? Except that price tag is $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 in three years, right? When it comes to education on business skills, you're not hiring a professor to do it because obviously many of them haven't done it. You hire someone who has done it, right? And many times for a lot less than $100,000 and for a lot less than three years, okay? Yeah. So if you kind of think about it that way, I would say that's the biggest thing is getting past that fear, hiring someone from the get-go just to help you through the process um, to get rid of those fears, to lay those fears, and to tell you what to focus on, on and what not to focus on. I would say the other challenge, um, because I, and relating it back to the question, the reason that was a challenge for me, it's, it's a challenge for everyone. Initially, it's scary. You don't know what you're doing because you haven't learned how to do it, right? Which makes sense. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is... Uh, is consistency, right? There's the issue with shiny object syndrome and there's a lot of things that, that you can do and everything works. It's just, you have to make it work, right? You have to make it work. And the way you make it work is by doing it for long enough to see it through. Um, and I, I would say that's the biggest challenge is because uh, like everyone else, I do suffer from that, <laughs> right? From shiny object syndrome. It's like, oh, that's a cool thing. I'm gonna go do that instead, right? So I would, I would definitely say like, if something's working, keep doing the thing that's working. Um, and if you, if you've gotten to the point where, where you're like, you know what, my, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get some, uh, some steam. There are a few opportunities that have come up. It might be the time to hire someone to do the thing that was working. Don't let it go. Cause I see a lot of people that once they get busy, they, so this is a challenge actually, right? Okay. Uh, I found it. I found it. So once people <laughs> get busy, guess what they stop doing? They stop doing the thing that got them to that point. So then what happens is there's this big, there's this dip that happens. It's like, oh my God, what's happening? Like I was doing so well, where'd all my patients go, right? Well, guess what? You stopped doing the thing that got you to that point. So you have to figure out a way to continue doing that as, even as you get busier with your, with your patients, right? And, um, and I think there's a point of getting comfortable, right? With the number of patients you have. Um, so that's also something to, to think about is like, what are my end goals, right? What, are, what did I go into business for at the end of the day? Um, and always re re reminding yourself of that because as, as you, as you grow and your business starts to take, take off, um, there's that next level that you want to achieve. Um, so I would say that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that those are all great challenges. Things to work <laughs> on. So like the, the fear of I, the fear of the unknown is like, yeah. you kind of have to get over it because honestly, like nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> like everybody's yeah. just trying to learn, um, you know, as they go. And, mm -hmm. you know, those of us who have started a business, we're just like a day ahead of you, you know, or wherever, yeah. wherever we are, we just, yeah. we're just a little bit ahead of you. And that's one thing that I really like about business is that like, it kind of is an even playing field when you get started, you know, mm -hmm. is like, it's an entire learning process. And do you keep learning the entire time? Um, you know, and there, there's always people to reach out to and like, there's things you can change and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's an important point that you brought up too, is that you, you don't have to do it all alone, especially if you are like looking to level up, like level two, level three, um, yeah. into your business is that you do have to start to ask for help. 
um, in order to keep things going. And I mean, you, and you don't, that. you don't have to, you can spend 10, 15, 20 years figuring it out on your own. Like that's fine. <laughs> it just yeah. depends on how much time you have. I, I am trying to con- collapse time so I can spend the most time doing the things that I really want to do, <laughs> like traveling and spending time with family, playing with my kittens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, I think that's why like a lot of us do want to go into business for ourselves is because of that dream life, like something that we can take charge of our life and not be like trapped. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, if you don't ask for help, you're going to spend years and years and years trying to figure it out. And you're going to end up working way more than you mm-hmm. would have at a regular job. And you'll never get to that dream life. And so asking for yeah. help is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on how fast you want the results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so like for people here in this group, you know, it's mainly people who are new grads, uh, people who are considering starting their own practice, but aren't really sure. Um, you know, what advice would you give them? And I feel like we kind of already, already went over it, but you know, what's like top, like one or two pieces of of advice that you might have for somebody who's Mm -hmm. like, on the fence about starting their practice. Yeah, I would say, um, I would say probably the first thing would be um, is personal development, right? Um, I think business is like the best personal development journey that you'll ever go on. Um, but you have, yeah, oh, is it there? <laughs> Look at that. Great, great minds think alike. So, <laughs> so, so that's, I mean, you can see all these books, right? Those are not physical therapy books, right? That, that's not any anatomy books, physiology books. That's all personal development, right? Business, uh, personal development, marketing. Um, you have to feed your brain with the right, the right stuff, right? The right brain food. Um, and, and because what happens is our brain is designed to survive, right? So we're always looking for what's wrong. And you can't, I mean, just in life in general, but in business specifically, you can't always be in that, in that, in that zone. Like you have to be feeding your mind with positive thoughts, with positive people around you. So a network is probably the second thing is, is find that network um, of people that, uh, that think a little bit differently, that are doing things that you want to do and listen to them. Right. I would say the biggest mistake that people do is they listen to people who don't have the lifestyle that they want. Um, and and whenever anyone tells you something about anything, you have to analyze and examine for yourself. Like, does this person live the life that I want? A lot of the times when people are holding us back, they're not doing it be- on purpose. They're not doing it because uh, uh, malintent. Some most you'd hope so. Right. Um, they're doing it because they're they're kind of reflecting their fears on you. Right. And you always want to ask yourself, like, OK, is this person that's giving me advice on let's say business in this case, uh, on starting my own business, are they telling me that because they've done it themselves? If they haven't done it themselves, and number don't listen to them. Uh, and number two, if they have done it themselves and they're telling you from experience, did they do all the things that we're telling you to do? Did they hire a coach? Did they learn the business skills? Did they stay consistent, right? What does that even look like? Kind of same, same thing with physical therapy. What, have you, what did you try to grow your business, right? What did you do, right? <laughs> Figure all that stuff out and then examine it for yourself. And if there are people that are successful, that are doing the things that do have the life that you want, listen to them. I think that's probably the best piece of advice that I can give you. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's yeah. a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. Well, we are just about to wrap up. Um, it's self promo corner time. Um, so tell us about like the current like project that you're working on right now and how we can best support you. Yeah, um, for sure. So it's basically um, like like uh, Morgan's um, online course, uh, the mini course that she created. Go through that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to blow your socks off. Uh, if you're wearing <laughs> socks, and a lot of people don't wear socks nowadays, especially if you're working from home. So, <laughs> so go through that. Um, I, I do have uh, online course as well. Um, I like it's super helpful and it's going to get you, it's going to help you with a mindset uh, portion mm -hmm. of all of this. And it's going to get you to think uh, big picture as to what needs to happen for your life to look a certain way if that is what you want. So, um, I would say going through that is definitely going to make you realize that you need Morgan's help to get started. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and go through it, examine it for yourself. I might be wrong, but it's going to definitely get you to think about what, about what you want. Cause I feel like many times we're like forced into a career, uh, forced to think about what we want our career to be, our job to be, you know, all these things, but we never really think about what we want in life. So um, it, I would say it's even more so than a business course. It's more of a mindset, mindset mm -hmm. course. So that's something that it's a product that I've been working on for some time. Um, and I really did it. It's, it's also a free, a free course. Um, and I did it because I, I know that we all have great intentions at heart and we really want the best, uh, uh, not only for ourselves, but for our patients. And I truly am uh, a 100% believer in that the best way that you can not only change your life for the better, um, but also your patient's lives for the better is to start a business. So it's really uh, about really flipping that switch in your mind from thinking, you know what, maybe it's something that I'll do one day or I don't know, we'll kind of see to like, oh, shoot, this is the only path. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so once you go, once you finish that course, uh, reach out to Morgan and she'll tell you what to do next. <laughs> awesome cool yeah that's that's amazing um and i'll have to talk to you a little bit more after this about that mindset piece but you know i think a lot of us get really really caught up in like strategy and tactics and like i need my checklist of things and you know that's what i specialize in because yeah. i love all of that stuff but you know we have to remember that mindset up, uh is a huge piece um you know of keeping yourself going and making sure that you're not giving up um you know prerequisite. That, yeah prerequisite to, to success in anything in anything that you do so yeah, yeah absolutely and i love that you brought up like um you know asking yourself what you do really want because that's something that like personally i've reflected on you know in the past years i feel like starting a business helped me give myself permission to like say what i want you know yeah. <laughs> like there's not really another opportunity to do that and it's also totally okay to want different things exactly so awesome. Cool. How can people contact you? Um, Facebook message me. You have any questions? Just add me as a friend. Um, I don't obviously don't bite. Uh, so <laughs> friend request me and send me a message and that, that'll work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, and for you guys listening, for you guys watching, um, you know, Javier and I are both like really gung-ho about helping people start their practices. I don't know if you noticed or not, um, <laughs> but you know, we, we both specialize in different things. So, you know, if this is something that you are interested in doing, please feel free to reach out to either of us. Um, and we are very happy to help you. Thank yeah. you so much, Morgan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody have a good day.
that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community, and it is my hope that by spreading the stories of clinicians just like you who wanted something more and went after it, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of and that you work so hard for. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. And you can also find me on Instagram at drmorganmeese. So who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Please email me at morgan at I'll talk to you guys soon.